0: Have you ever like burped, and when you burp, it tastes like rotten eggs?
1: Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 5, Episode 3, titled, Draggle Rock. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one childish co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I don't get
2: cute. I get drop-dead gorgeous.
1: To Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? What were you saying? I'm sorry. Uh, nothing. I'm just saying how excited I am to talk about Episode 3 of Season 5. <laughs> Dragon Rock. Well, you know, you were saying earlier, I don't know if this will make it to the air or not, that you've been up since 4 in the morning, right? And, yes. um, you know, it's one of these things where th- – th- what this is a great episode to be sleep-deprived on because it's not really much to the episode. I I agree and disagree with you all at the same time because mm-hmm. it
0: is a relatively quick episode. However, yeah, I, I noticed and wrote down this episode, I think, is a pivotal moment in the show's history because there are a lot of origins of mm-hmm. things that are that are talked about later seasons in this one specific episode.
1: Mm-hmm interesting i'm very curious to hear what those i'm sure you'll tell me along the way i don't know what you're talking about i was writing a script going like there's not much to this episode now taylor i want to talk about a few things now once again i've said this many times before i'll say it again uh we are recording this in october of 2019 and uh so but most of you are not hearing this until the summer of 2020 and so over the weekend, you went to Disney World with yes. your co host and lifelong uh, par- uh, friend and partner. Uh, <laughs> not just kidding. You're married. <laughs> but uh, with your lifelong friend, um, Rodan. Yes. And his husband. It was yes. the husbands went out. You and the husband, you and Babaloo went out. Yes. And Rodan yeah. and his husband, um, Swampaloo. They went. Uh, out. <laughs> do you know what his husband's name is on the yeah, show? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do know. It's um, not. I almost said Gavin Gambit. Gambit, yes, Gambit. And uh, yeah, Rodan and Gambit aren't their real names. Everyone on Taylor's show, everyone except Taylor. Taylor uses his real name, Taylor the latte boy, but uh, everyone else uses a fake name, and yes. um. So those aren't their real names. But uh, but t- Taylor and Babalu, they use their real names because they're not afraid. But right. uh, y- y- y'all went to Disney World this weekend, right? And I don't yes. know. I You and I have not spoken. Okay? No, we haven't spoken. And so I don't know your hot take on, uh, it, you know, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge just premiered at Disney World, just opened to the, yeah. to, to the people. Opened about a month and change ago. Yeah, but a month and change ago. And so now, Taylor the Latte Boy, you are going to tell us all about that.
0: Well, uh, let's see. I I would give it a solid A. Oh, as really? As far as yes, as far as the world goes, the, the, and for a couple of reasons. One, it is super immersive. I don't know what the one is like in Disneyland, but the way they have it set up at Disney World, it's at uh, Hollywood Studios, and you kind of turn a corner in this um, the area that is over by where Muppet Vision. 3d is and and it's sort of like the old new york set Mm -hmm. and as you turn you go under this tunnel as you come out you're in this world that they have built up to where with one brief exception you can't see any of the rest of the park Mm -hmm. so it just feels like they have it set up especially with force perspective and things like that you feel like you're on a different planet Mm -hmm. and you feel very much like you are in the star Wars world, as far as the architecture they use and the sounds that they use mm-hmm. at one point, they have things where it sounds like ships are going overhead mm-hmm. and it's funny watching everybody look up and expecting to see a ship at some point. Okay, um, And it, it was, it was great. It was, it was really great with one, with one thing that I did not like, but oh, otherwise, what was the, what was the one
1: thing you didn't like?
0: There is a bar that we went into and when you walk into the bar, well, first of all, the bar is packed mm-hmm. and we had to have a reservation to get into this bar and you don't get a reservation to a seat. You get a reservation to an area mm-hmm. that you stand in and then the servers come over to you and bring you drinks, but you have to stay there if you want to get a drink. And if if a table opens up, you can't go sit at the table. You have to stay where you are. And it's super, super loud. Mm-hmm. Um now that being said, when you walk in, it feels like you're in um most eisley in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So you definitely get that feeling of where I was like, wow, I was completely blown away by that.
1: Was there a character like B. Arthur who came out and sang a song?
0: <laughs> About everybody has to go home that yeah. <laughs> they can't, they have to leave. No. Um The folks that work there, I am going it's I am going to assume that the folks that work there uh, they were going for a particular size of cast member that works in that area because everybody was sort of short and stout. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very odd, but then I'm like, well, maybe they were going for that's uh, the, the residents of this planet. That's where yeah. they're supposed to be.
1: Now, I have a question for you because on your social media, particularly your Instagram, you had a picture of yourself, your husband, Baba Liu, uh your lifelong friend uh, Rodan, and his husband, Gambit, and you wrote best day ever okay and i responded with just simply a picture from your wedding day yes and people were amused but you were nothing i I was one of them i was one of the 11 people that liked it okay
0: and i did laugh as soon as i saw it and announced it to the other three people that that one you're an asshole and two why (laughs) you're an asshole
1: (laughs) now did you buy anything while you were there yes i did I bought. I, I wait. wait, wait I, before you say anything, did you spend more than a hundred dollars? Oh yes. Oh really? Yes. yes. On this one particular thing. Oh please! I hope it wasn't a lightsaber. No, no. It's 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 even worse. <laughs> oh what? I was built
0: it? a dro- I built a droid.
1: And what does that entail? like a build a bear?
0: It's kind of like a build a bear. Yes. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Now,
1: great for an audio medium. Yeah, but, but it's okay. On. Look, I can vamp. So everyone should know Taylor's gonna get this droid while he's not listening. Can you? This guy was judging me last week on my post. Oh, here he comes back. He came back. Oh my god! It should have cost five dollars. I don't know why he's doing this.
2: Oh,
1: it looks like something you'd get at Target. Okay, here he comes. That. Oh wow, Taylor, that looks amazing. Now, now, um, see if can now, know. what? Now, what? Now, what can this droid do? Hold on, I'll tell you. Okay.
0: So, it's it's like a remote control car kind of thing. Uh-huh. But he also, he can tilt his head and he talks. You can buy accessories for him and the accessories will, uh, like, uh, we didn't buy the accessories, but Babalu, or Rodan and Gambit did. And they have things like his little jetpacks that make noise and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh And let me see if I can get him turned on. Well, not get him turned on, that's weird, but.
1: Yeah, what do you do to get him turned Oh, oh, wow, oh, everyone—it's like moving like really R two D two moves. Yep. Every oh, that's very impressive of what's yeah. Going. Do something else with it. Well, I did everything I could. <laughs> do one more thing with it. Do one more thing. Yeah, point the camera at it. Well, well, yeah, 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 perfect, 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 perfect. I want to see you doing. It. Okay, do something else. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> what trying you trying to know, do? I, I, I was trying to take a screenshot of guys, he looks so nerdy right now.
0: <laughs> and, and, and oh, he, I, I I completely okay. I and I'm going to announce this. I'm uh-huh. going to talk about this obviously yeah. on Pod as my co-pilot. Uh-huh. So because because Taffy didn't go um my uh-huh. other co-host, so she wants to hear all of the stories,
1: but yeah. well, anybody Andrew lucky that, knows that- that only like a few people are hearing it right now, and the majority. Right. Yeah. So you're lucky you can talk all about it because no one's really here to the next summer. Right. So
0: anybody who knows me knows mm-hmm. that I am a Star Wars complete nerd. So mm-hmm. the fact that you were playing music mm-hmm. in, a couple seconds ago, you suck because I, and I know that you do that to Evan with the Jurassic World theme. Music from Empire Strikes Back like cuts me to the quick. Did so, you know what theme
1: that what, what song that was? Yeah what was it
0: which song was it
1: yeah what was i playing that's, right
0: now that's uh, that's not leia's th- is that leia's no, theme nope it was the it was um wasn't yoda's theme it
1: was yoda's theme
0: it was yoda's theme okay, okay. Well, so because so because why yoda's why don't theme gets, com- it gets really it gets really big and swells when he pulls the x-wing out of the swamp and like gives it gives it back to luke
1: so why don't so, you but why don't you come out for john i mean john williams is very old now okay but okay l- listen to me yeah
0: you need to listen to me. Sure. If I saw John Williams actually perform it, I don't know you would I see our, it every year. Our relationship would go to a different level because you would have to hold me while I openly wept. Oh, really? <laughs> oh god, yeah. No, that the the Leia Leia's theme is my favorite mm-hmm. other than just like the the main theme of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, no that that I would I would love to do that. And if it's we every I, Labor
1: Day, every Labor Day is it every Labor Day? Every Labor Day weekend. Okay, all right. Now I that will main... tell you, like he's now. I, when I first started watching him, he do the whole show. Mm-hmm. Now he does the second half.
0: Right. I. You've told me that before, and you've said the thing about the lightsabers, where people hold up the lightsabers. Oh, and, you and, would like be even be. that is you okay. Be, so, be, yeah. okay. So I am. I Star Wars. Star yeah. Wars is my jam. Star yeah. Wars is. I love. I love everything about Star Wars. Okay, so there is a part that Rodan, who had ridden the ride earlier in the week, had not told me about yeah. in this ride when you are getting on the ride. Mm-hmm. When Which It's pretty much this?
1: The, the, the Millennium it's Falcon? Smuggler's
0: Run. Millennium yeah. Falcon Smuggler's Run. Okay. So there is a moment... Where you you kind of you're in this one waiting area and you're talking to the one the, there's the one animatronic that's explaining to you what you're going to be doing and yeah. pretty much you're going to be flying the Millennium Falcon, yeah. which means you're going to be going on the Millennium Falcon.
1: Oh, there's which, four of you, so that, you guys all no, wait. There's, there's six. The people.
0: Technically, yes, there were the four of us. We all wrote it together, and then uh, both times we wrote it with two other people. Yeah. you can either be two of you are pilots, two of you are gunners, and two of you are engineers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at one point they kind of assign you who you're going to be mm-hmm. and then these doors open and you walk onto the millennium falcon and mm-hmm. as soon as i walked as soon as i saw the round hallway the kind of the corridor that goes around the side i started to cry
1: you cried you cried
0: i cried i teared up i didn't like wasn't like hysterical but i mean i definitely i because it looks like you are on the movie set and you, it was just this. Um, what we said is, thank God they don't play the music <laughs> mm-hmm. as you're getting walking on because then that would have been that would have been it. You couldn't have got the gun far farther into into the back of my throat because I would have completely lost it. So you know, so so Rodan was very much of the where he was like, I knew you were going to have this reaction, and and they have like the it's just, it's set up like you're in the Millennium Falcon. So then eventually mm-hmm. they have you go to the cockpit. So we all jumped into, jumped into the cockpit and yeah. I was the one of the two pilots with Babalu. Mm-hmm. And then I happen to be on the side where at one point there's a voiceover that kind of is talking to you the whole time. And as lights flash on the, uh, control panel. You're supposed to hit the button and then things happen. So, and they keep a score the whole time. So every time you go on, sometimes you do better than others. And depending on how you actually drive the ship, have, uh, how you fly the ship is how the ship actually moves in the ride. So it's very interactive. So, and at one point he says, "Right, pilot, put put the Falcon into hyperdrive." And I got to do the thing where you pull the, pull the lever back and then everything. And I was so excited. I like yelled and I. It was just this great. I understand I'm not actually on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. I get that, but for a second mm-hmm. I was nine years old again, and it was fucking awesome. So, it was very cool. And then I went and spent an obscene amount of money on a droid afterwards. <laughs> so.
1: This week Lil Poundcake makes her TV premiere. The girls perform in a kids' show challenge. Coco doesn't know her lines. Alaska dresses in boy drag. LaNasha Spark serves literal translations. Uh... <laughs> Tasha Salad makes her debut, and Coco and Alyssa face off in round one of their epic feud. Detox is named the winner of the challenge while Coco Montrese and Monica Beverly Hills are placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Coco Montrese lives to see another day while Monica Beverly Hills is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I liked the the challenge. This is, again, this is an example
0: of a challenge that they some people really sank and some people really swam at Mm -hmm. um you were talking on another show of your 85 shows that i listened to Mm -hmm. where you were talking about the scripted shows versus the shows where they have to create the scripts where they're given the basic skeleton and they have to come up with the lines and this is an this is an example of what you were trying to say I think it was on Drag Race UK you were talking about this, that the scripted ones are the ones by the writers are horrible versus the ones by the um by the the contestants, the queens, are either really good or they're so bad they're good.
1: Okay.
0: Whereas the writers, they're very much, you know, as you said, we know Rue likes dad jokes Rue likes double entendres That just go right down the middle of the road Whereas I feel like this allowed them To get a little bit more subversive So I liked that Um, Something else I liked I liked The idea of seeing Something How much Alaska was kind of ahead of her time With the boy drag Uh thing Mm -hmm. That at the time I remember being sort of annoyed with that But seeing how far we've come as uh, viewers of drag, I kind of was like, you know, we're seeing this on other shows, people doing things like this and kind of playing around with gender. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Rue and the other judges weren't really all about it was was it just it was interesting from a from a historian's perspective, yeah. as it were. you
1: we know, your historian. Um,
0: something I didn't like was I I I I I. Yeah, I know that we're only in episode three. Yeah, but the whole Alyssa and Coco thing, mm-hmm. while it is a huge part of the, it is a huge part of the storyline. It kind of feels like they really could have resolved this in one episode, and I know going down the line this is going to get dragged out. Yeah, and I'm not looking forward to that. What about you? What are your two things in one thing?
1: Well, uh, two things that I liked um I love seeing Lil Pound Cake. Mm-hmm. She was one of those things that the first time I watched this show, season five, I was oblivious to it. So when they make reference to Lil Pound Cake, I'd be like, what are they talking about? I just didn't remember the challenge. It didn't strike me as super memorable. But now I've seen it several times since, uh, seen it again. I was like, oh, this is so funny. This is so funny. Yeah. I, I actually wonder. I know Alaska goes out of her way to like say, you know, like Linacia Sparks, you know, did it with me. But I, I wonder how much Linacia really did have to do with this, or was Alaska like, bitch, I'm doing this one? Well, I, see- I mean, the, the humor yeah. in it
0: is full on Alaska. So yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what makes the the doll so iconic.
1: Yeah uh the other thing i liked uh let me see the mini what was the mini challenge i like the mini challenge i like little pound kick that was my number one thing (sighs) the maxi challenge i don't know if i really was a big fan of it um you know, I liked Rue seeing Rue, Paul, and Michelle direct the episode. It, again, it reminds me of, like, Rue, Paul doesn't do as much as she used to. and right. like, It's so much more fun when it's Michelle and Rue. Now it's just Michelle when she does it, and Rue does as little as possible, interacts as little as possible with the queens. And it, so yeah. it harkens back to a time when she used to actually interact with the queens a lot more than she does now.
0: Um, the, the closest you get to that is when Michelle and Ross are co-directing that sometimes they look like yeah. they're having fun, but it's not, you're right. It's not the same as when it's Michelle and Rue.
1: Yeah. Well, because they, they they've been friends for so long that they almost have like a, an unspoken language between them. And then the thing I didn't like, um, I really wasn't a big fan of the runway look, which you would think it'd be an easy one with think pink, but I thought that most of the look were pretty just average, Nothing yeah. they were bad. But average, I was like, and how do how do drag queens mess up a mess up a pink challenge? Well,
0: <laughs> as we can see, a couple of them messed it up pretty bad. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I I'm looking at my scores, and the majority of them are threes. Oh, really? On a, yeah, yeah, on a yeah. one to five, a lot of them I just kind of was like three, 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 three.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, I I don't have any fives, and it, it, they just it was everybody was just sort of
1: meh. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. After Serena's elimination, the girls don't seem too upset to see Serena go. Next, Monica talks about the relief she feels after revealing that she is a transgender woman. And finally, the girls have to ask questions about the beef between Alyssa and Coco, who are demure, but agree with each other that they do need to hash it out. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts on this cold open? Well, is it the cold open? Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, it
0: kind of is it cold is. open. Yeah. Um, it. It, it felt very much just like a recap of the previous episode. It didn't seem like there was any momentum yeah. forward. It also feels like this is the first of about seven times where somebody says to their book or Alyssa, so what happened between the two? We're, we talked about the proverbial producer under the under the d- table yeah. at the, for mirror moments. Mm-hmm. And it felt very much of where they, they just figured if we ask everybody to ask one of them, yeah. we'll – Get we'll, we'll get a clean cut, but they never really got the complete full story, so they mm-hmm. just kept showing them asking over and over again, and it mm-hmm. was it was sort of annoying.
1: Did it bother you at all to see them like kind of shit talking Serena? You don't really even if they don't like them, they usually were being, Ah, oh, you know. I, I did to-
0: notice that it did feel very. I'm glad, I'm glad she's gone. And I think that speaks again to the rawness of, we're starting to see where we definitely don't see them necessarily say shitty things about people after they leave Mm -hmm. for the most part, even some people that would be classified as a villain on the suit. We don't really see that anymore. Um, I think if we're know, you you know, probably cured them all of all of that is Fifi, (laughs) Fifi doing that. And then suddenly the mirror moment where they all appeared behind Uh, the mirror, they're probably all scared to death. That's going to be the twist. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, Serena had made her bed and had to lie in it, and there was not really an opportunity for any sort of reconciliation. I mean, I kind of remember even when she left, there wasn't a big clapping or cheering for her or anything like that. When she left, it was sort of everybody kind of like, you know, bitch, bye.
1: Yeah, yeah 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 uh i had something to say but i forgot what now monica's um relief nothing there like i mean it's just like we've we've dealt with it it is funny how the show has come so far it's only season five you think about it it's not that long ago this is not i love lucy this is only seven seasons ago now we're going on right and to see like oh my god like a tr- you know the fact that monica's a trans that was a big deal in that season and now it's be like ugh, okay get in line
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and also, again, it speaks to just like there was a moment in Untucked, There was the, it, w- it was obviously a much briefer version, but I feel like I remember a couple of the people saying things to them. You know, you you, you are in a safe place. You have you you have every right to be here, and we support you. And I, I Roxy says she goes, "We love you. We love you. You know, no no matter what, this is just something else. This is just another aspect of you." And I think that the girls you know working in clubs and having other friends that do drag and things like that this isn't their first experience yeah. with that where i feel like rue for the most part is sort of removed from that world mm-hmm. now
2: mm-hmm. so
0: she doesn't or at least was not that time so she didn't really have the the, the ability to evolve as much as these are uh, these the other queens in the room did
1: yeah, no, I totally no, so agree.
0: So they were they were already ready for it.
1: Yeah, I think the girls, the contestants themselves were ready for it, but the show necessarily wasn't. All right, the next day, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini-challenge. Do you know what time it is? No. no.
2: It's time for the Junior Drag Superstar Pageant. Oh. But ladies, you won't be the contestants. You need to turn these boy toys Ah! into cutie patootie.
1: (laughs) Pick a part. For some reason, when Rue's in boy clothes and she does that, it really
2: grates on my nerves. Yeah, it's
1: kind of creepy. I don't
2: know why, yeah. You've got 15 minutes. The team with the most sickening painted baby
1: will win. Alaska and Lanasha Sparks won the challenge with their iconic Lil Pound cake Let's take a listen to her introduction to the fandom
2: I'd like everyone to meet Lil Pound cake her catchphrase is you're not my real dad and you never will be <laughs> Lil Pound Cake enjoys riding dirty and being a straight-up motherfucking dick pig. <laughs> That's a
1: real Rue laugh. You don't get those that often. No. No. I knocked it out
0: of the park. Yeah. I mean, compa- I, uh, compared to the other ones, it was so above and beyond what yeah. everybody else did. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I didn't write any notes about anything that anybody else did. But again, this is the origin of Little Pound Cake. So who we've seen we've seen mentioned in the past. And then during All Stars 2, Alaska came out as Little Pound Cake for yeah, her, uh, right. reveal her reveal and a reveal.
1: Yeah. Uh, could you name any of the other little dolls?
0: No. No.
1: I feel like there was
0: one that was kind of funny, but I also knew, like, I remember the line, her catchphrase is, you're not my real dad and you never will. But, like, that, yeah. that I remember that of that, thinking that was a very clever thing for her, that being her, her catchphrase. I, I couldn't tell you what any of the other people did.
1: Monica and Coco, Monica Beverly Hills and Coco worked together, and they had Patty Park Place.
0: Okay. okay. And that's where Coco made the shitty comment about Alyssa. Yeah.
1: yeah. Alyssa and Honey Davenport had Savannah Lee. Okay. Yeah. Ivy Winters and Vivian Panay had Watermelon Honey, which makes no sense. <laughs> Jinx Monsoon and Jay Jolie Lee had Tina Lou Devereaux. And then I wrote down Detox and Roxy's weird. I don't think this is right, but Vaxeline and Roxo.
0: That sounds they kind of combined their they combined their names in a yeah. weird
1: in a yeah. weird way But I couldn't tell you anything about the dolls I just wrote down the names The only one yeah. I remember is Little Pound Cake Alright uh, After oh, so, so they won And then
2: next RuPaul announced this week's main challenge Now for this week's main challenge You'll be creating lovable Eccentric characters For your own kidster television shows oh <laughs> Your target audience Is the young And the young at heart so your program should be both entertaining and educational you'll be working in two groups lanesha and alaska since you won the mini challenge you'll be team captains all right the teams were assigned
1: as follows first team lanesha you know included a Lanasia Sparks, mm-hmm. Honey Davenport, Coco Montrese, Jinx Monsoon, Ivy Winters, and Jade Jolie. Team Alaska had, of course, Alaska. It had Detox, Roxy, Vivian Panay, Monica Beverly Hills, and Alyssa Edwards. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts. Well, we were discussed the mini challenge, but your thoughts on the main challenge, how the team, what you, well, you know you like the main challenge and how the teams were divided. I think we were, we were going to talk about the mini challenge here, but uh, any other thoughts yeah. before I move on? I was surprised
0: that Alyssa was picked last. I thought Yeah, what do you that, think
1: that was about? Well, okay, and I kind of feel like
0: part of this is, though, though they were not, obviously, privy to the edit that we would get, I feel like this episode in particular, they're kind of painting Alyssa to be, if not the villain, mm-hmm. sort of the bully.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I... Which, as as we talk about the Alyssa Coco stuff, I, I have I have a lot of thoughts about that as we get a little bit further in. But I, I think that it, 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 I'm assuming that at this point they'd already done, had a couple of challenges under their belt and they've sort of seen what Alyssa's like and maybe they just didn't want to have to deal with her.
1: Well, I do think Alyssa, yeah, is, is high maintenance and I think they've probably seen that and they were like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. But you're right. It, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the list, like, you know, look at Lanisha because this is the order they did it too. She chose honey, then cocoa. Why Jinx wasn't snatched up first? I don't know. I uh, with Lanisha, but she did choose Jinx eventually. Then it was Ivy and Jade. Uh, and then you know Alaska obviously went with Detox and Roxy first too. And then but then she went to Vivian and Monica Beverly Hills. But again, yeah, saving Alyssa for last. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: sh- she was second to last, but I think that LaNation knew not to put Coco and Alyssa on a team together. Yeah. They were all saying, don't pick Coco, mm-hmm. you know, it almost feels like it's the, when you look at the list, especially in the beginning, it's the the one team. Alaska's team is much stronger Yeah, as far as just in personalities versus looks.
1: Now let's talk about two things here. I want to, first of all, you said you have a list of like a, a bunch of firsts and, and pivotal episode. Has any of that happened yet? Yeah. Oh, what? A little pound cake. Oh, little pound cake. Yeah. Anything else? Okay. Uh, not yet. Okay. Now another question. I know you don't like bullies. You are you have an, a a particular version to bullies. Yeah. All right. And what's funny is I don't remember clocking this in the early days of when I first watched season five, but now. I wouldn't say that Relaska talks at the level of bullies yet, but they're definitely like mean girls. Oh yeah. And you can see this forming. Uh-huh. You can see that that group forming.
0: Okay, yeah. go ahead. And, and and yeah, and how are you feeling about that now? Well, at this point I'm at this point they haven't done anything to really offend me. And when I say bullies, you know, yeah, they're, they're kind of the mean girls, but it feels like, you know, as as we get later into the season, Roxy mm-hmm. is going to be the one that really kind of becomes the head bully, particularly towards mm-hmm. Jinx. And I'm very aware of that watching this now. And I want to kind of watch to see when that turn starts. And we haven't seen that turn yet. You know, it, at this point, Roxy is still very, you know, I, like I said earlier, she's the one that says to Monica, we all love you. Mm -hmm. You know, she's very open and very, very warm. And she has been over the course of the the previous two episodes. Mm -hmm. So I haven't gotten that bully vibe yet. If anything at this point, and it's this weird juxtaposition of bully and victim, the one I'm seeing bullying from is Coco.
1: Really? Interesting. At least in this part where
0: she she keeps throwing out these little barbs at Alyssa. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very... It, it's super passive aggressive and it's super annoying. So I, I, I but that, but then later on in the episode, there's yeah. going to be a shift of where then I kind of become Team Coco instead of Team Alyssa. Yeah. At this point, it's it's a it's very weird. The whole thing is just it's a very weird dynamic.
1: All right, very good. Uh, let's talk. Okay, I, I do I do this often on these team challenges where I go from start to finish with each team. Okay. And we're going to start with Team Lanesha. In the workroom, Honey and Coco are cast as ventriloquist dolls, but Honey gets frustrated when Coco wanders off instead of rehearsing her lines. During the visit with RuPaul, the team doesn't seem to be giving good answers to RuPaul about how they're going to make the segment funny. During filming, Jade is flustered when Jink says her magic word. Lanesha literally translates what Ivy is saying, word for word, but adding no energy. And Coco forgets her lines and gives a lifeless performance as the ventriloquist dummy. The final product seemed to reflect this, and the judges panel gave no reaction after the filming was done. As a result, Team Lanesha was the losing team. Your thoughts on all things Team Lanesha, Taylor the Latte Boy. It was bad. It was really bad. The, the, the scene where
0: Roxy or I'm sorry, where Coco and honey are trying to oh, figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. And she just kind of gets up and walks away and starts playing with her hair. It made me so mad. Um, and again, it goes back to that. You're either a victim or a bully pick one mm-hmm. sort of thing, especially when we got to the scene where they were actually filming and she sort of did this weird, like literal lifeless doll. Yeah. And then when, when she would have to read her lines, it was this very sad, mumbly, like there was, you know, I mean, I know that you, you know, from ventriloquist dummies Mm -hmm. and you know that you want to try to make it feel like it's alive. And she just sort of was laying there like a, like a raggedy hand doll.
1: Yeah. It was Um, really odd. And then also, what did you think of her excuse on the main stage that, you know, cause she's used to being front and center. Well, but that, but that just is proof that she's not very
0: good (laughs) because somebody who is, Somebody who is truly talented can recognize that they can't be in the spotlight all the time, and sometimes the best place to be is in a supporting role. Whereas one of the the um, one of the people, it might have been Michelle, said, "You have an opportunity to steal to steal the spotlight." Yeah, I was, was going to say
1: you could you could turn it into you are the starring role,
0: right? So you know, it, 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 what is it? The, the roles aren't small there's no such thing as a small role just small actors or something
1: i don't know know i've never heard it okay well
0: she was acting like a very small person Mm -hmm. at that point um the only one that i thought i thought jinx was funny yeah i did i didn't quite realize until this time what she was doing where she was bouncing up and down and she was doing the jerking off with two motions like where she she was kind of like you know she was simulating uh jerking off jerking off two people at the same time yeah i thought she was good and i thought ivy's energy was really good I yeah i thought ivy and, was good I, I, yeah that, that she was she, ivy was giving it hundred and ten percent i was point. not
1: only giving it 110 percent, which makes lanaysia even worse because the way ivy was acting was as like a straight man so to speak and which would have given lanaysia the opportunity to go wacky and crazy yeah and ivy is there to balance the wacky and crazy
0: Cause she's sort Which, of the straight man. Yeah. And she, I know that she was like trying to do that at the end where it, she was sort of like moving the whipped cream up and down. And she was like, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. And then it kind of sprayed in her face. But at that point it almost felt too little, too late.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So not, um, not, not, not a strong, not, not a strong showing from team. Will, yeah,
1: Cause Jinx is funny, but everybody else on that panel looking at it right now is not known for being funny. Yeah. The honey, cocoa, Ivy and Jade. So Jinx really had a lot in front of her, you know, Yeah. where it's it's opposite on the other team. Uh, All right, let's talk about Team Alaska. In the workroom, Alyssa gets assigned the role as the cross-dressing farmer and Alyssa isn't having it. Detox confesses that Alyssa is frustrating her with her inability to be a team player. During the table visits with RuPaul, the team shares that Monica will be giving the lesson of the day, but no one is able to tell RuPaul precisely how they're going to teach that lesson of the day. During filming, RuPaul and Michelle seem nonplussed by the idea that Alaska is dressed in boy drag and Monica's inability to deliver her lines leaves Ru and Michelle unimpressed. The final product revealed some clear winners and losers. Detox and Roxy impressed the judges with their characters, while Vivian and Monica were disappointing. Alaska amused the judges, but they were bothered by her choice to don boy drag. In the end, everyone was pleased with the final product, and Team Alaska was clearly the winner. Taylor, the latte boy, your thoughts on Team Alaska? Do you feel like what she was doing was boy drag? I'm just going by the storyline of the episode. I agree with you in that it's actually bordering on cringy how mean and uh, unaccepting RuPaul yeah. and uh, uh, Michelle were.
0: How not blindsided, but uh, ignorant. It yeah. just kind of showed an ignorance yeah. on their part, and the fact that they kept talking about it over and over and over yes. again. It's, it's it feels like it really kind of stuck, possibly in a craw that 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 she was doing that but when you look at it Mm -hmm. i mean that's to say that drag can't be overalls you know should they lord knows they've done they they did a thing this last season of where they all had to do some country jamboree where they were all on on hay bales and that sort of thing and they were all wearing denim and and tank tops and stuff the only difference is that they had big crazy hair and big boobs but ultimately you could do drag that's overalls and a And a tank top. She had her hair slicked back in a certain way, but she was full makeup. She was she
1: look. Here's the deal. You know, they make a comparison to Pee-Wee Herman. Right? Yeah. Like like she's just doing Pee-Wee Herman. But Pee Wee Herman's essentially doing drag. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman is 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 a character in drag, essentially. It's a very androgynous character. There is makeup. There is a sort of femininity to that i mean like one and two it's so funny because then the very next season in one of my favorite episodes of all time to be honest with you drag me to drag me to hell is that what it's called yeah. uh drag her to hell or whatever um when but remember they won april carry-on to be in boy drag yeah and then they're like and then and then they criticize her for not being enough into and in not being enough boy drag you know to be yeah. too feminine in the boy drag well, and even even within this, they're
0: talking about well, we want you to be we want you to be this feminine character. We were you're in boy drag, boy drag, but then they keep referring to Alyssa as the cross dressing uncle. Yes. Who has a beard and stuff. But then that's played up for humor because, you know, you use a phrase like cross dresser. Yeah. It's it's just it's fascinating that you figure this is two thousand thirteen when this was we're recording this in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. How far we've come yeah with opening up those doors, you know, right now in the chat room, Haley is talking about enforcing this made up gender, this gender binary, you know, binary was a word like, you know, as, as, as controversial as saying transgendered on the show was at this time, the idea of using the phrase binary is so far out of, out of the galaxy for anything that we would see up until when, when do you really see somebody like with
1: Sasha? Uh, For non-binary stuff. Yeah, maybe like Sasha's season. Yeah, uh, I, I was I was gonna say even with, but I was realized that was a season after with um because Aquarius kind of non-binary. Yeah,
0: she plays around with it. I know that Evie plays around with it a little bit, but when you think about the fact that Sasha really kind of did the majority of her season bald, mm-hmm. you know, in season five, she. Well, I mean, Angina kind of did that a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. It just, it, just it, feel, it feels as though we've seen progression. There's a there's a level of progression that's happening in the world and it feels very much like Rue is getting left behind. As we're seeing on some of these other drag competition shows, it's fun, it's fun to watch that. At this point, you know, there, at this, and again, this could be completely wrong, but at this point, there's a really good chance that there's going to be a drag king as a winner for Dragula. Mm-hmm. And there's something super exciting about that.
1: Well, everyone should know we're, we're just a, a couple of weeks away from the finale of Dragula season three. And at this point, Land Insider is in the final three. Right. And, um, and Land Insider is a drag king. And, but I was going to make the same point that, um, you know, I wonder if season three of Dragula would have played well to the general drag audience four years ago. I don't know. But yeah. because this season has been very exciting to see, it, it it's it's you know Dragula, This season has been very good in that we have seen a different kind of drag. People who really couldn't be on RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, a yeah. lot of these content, like well, we know Land Insider couldn't be on there, but um, you know, I think you know only one of the top three could have been on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, I think only one of the top four could have been on RuPaul's Drag Race. If I'm being honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 and I even think at this point, you know, the other, the other of the three could have possibly been in, but would have been one of the first ones to go. Yeah, I think Priscilla at this point would have been a, one of the first ones to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's so so. Getting back to getting back to the show we're actually talking about. But don't you um, think
1: that Dracula makes RuPaul's Drag Race seem a little antiquated now? Yes, yes,
0: and and I get that feeling watching. As again, we're recording this in the fall, watching Drag Race UK, it feels very, um, there's something very precious about it now that there wasn't before we started watching some of these other shows and seeing things that are a little bit more exciting, a little bit more on edge, a little bit more, you know, something different. I mean, I'll even give as much as we can't stand this Camp Wanakiki show, you know, they, they have had... People outside of the realm of just the very ultra feminine queens, mm-hmm. you know, they had a drag king, they had a trans uh, drag performer, and and in that regards, while I didn't necessarily think their drag was up to snuff, I, it, it was interesting to watch that. It was it was seeing something different. It was seeing something new, and that was exciting to Here's us.
1: Here's the funny thing: is so right now, Camp Wanakiki season two just ended, and Torah Hyman won. Okay, mm-hmm. which by the way, anyone who watched the season knew Tar Jaime, was going to win episode one. Okay, right. But she's—I wouldn't call her a big girl, but she's a thick girl, right? Yeah. Plus and, size, huh? Plus size, plus size. And I don't think she could have ever won. She could ever win RuPaul's Drag Race,
0: which sucks because she is. She, I mean, yeah, she pretty much from episode one. You're like, well, that's the only one that gave a thought about what she yeah. was going to bring. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know that she would be – she she would be – she would go further than Priscilla Chambers, yeah. but she wouldn't go she – would, she wouldn't make it to Snatch Game.
1: No, she would not make it to Snatch Game. And I don't think it's because the contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race are any exactly. better. It's right. because it's the way RuPaul's Drag Race works. In fact, I was going to say, it's so funny in 2008 or 2009 when the show premiered, it seemed so cutting edge, and now it seems like the Werther's original of yeah. – uh, of of these drag competition shows, of which there are only three, but yet I still feel it's... Well, no, because even on their own brand, I feel Drag Race Thailand is pushing the envelope a lot more than the um, flagship show, you know? It's just that the shows that have RuPaul in them, she likes... She she pushes the envelope very slowly.
0: Yeah, well, it feels very much like at this point, you know, and it's probably not fair of me to say this, but Ru knows she's got a steady income coming in. She's not going to do anything to rock the boat. She's not going to. She know. She knows. We know. Drag Race has probably only got another couple years in it before people really, especially with the amount that they of content they're throwing at us all the time. Mm-hmm. That fatigue. I mean, we talked about fatigue setting in at the end of last season, and that was when there was only two seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let alone, you know, all of these other things that are going on. I I think at this point she's just she's just happy kind of having her show where she gets to sit next to Michelle and she gets to she gets to pick somebody that she really likes and and focus on focus on just doing if it ain't broke don't fix it. Well, but she what did, she's not yeah. recognizing is there are people there are members of this community that love this show that are saying to her some of the nuts and bolts are starting to fall off. You need to do something to kind of fix this up because it's starting to look like the rusted old heap in the back of the in the back of the uh, scrapyard.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. All right, it's elimination day, and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Jinx's grandma was very supportive of baby Jinx, but the segment belonged to Coco and Alyssa, who had it out right in the workroom. Now Taylor, I've actually pulled that fight it's not very long Uh, once you take out all the confessionals and stuff it's a minute and a half let's use your mental health professional uh arm here and uh let's go through this
2: here we go we competed at miss gay america together they crowned her i ended up having to take over the title we haven't talked in two years coco if you want to come talk to me you can talk to me but you don't have to read me over there i'm not reading you i'm not saying anything about you
1: Now, do you think Coco was – what do you – like, someone asked Coco now. Coco's finally answering what people should know. Yeah. Uh, Anything to say here? Well, okay. I'll
0: I'll talk about this now just because it speaks to – I don't know if you – did you watch Untucked?
1: No, I did not watch Untucked.
0: Okay. So they kind of go over this a little bit more, and Coco talks with uh, her group about it, and – While she's talking with her group, the tops and the bottoms of it, Alyssa's kind of talking with hers, and they kind of flash back and forth to the conversations that are happening. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Coco was put in one of those spots that it was a no win situation. Mm -hmm. So Alyssa, though, can't seem to deal with the idea of losing this and can't seem to take responsibility. So it almost feels like Coco needs to, Coco's, Alyssa's living in this world of delusion Mm -hmm. of where she was the wronged victim here. Mm -hmm. So, but when you have somebody who knows the real story, and I feel like Alyssa kind of knows the real story too, on some level, who's getting ready to spill the tea to everybody else in the room. She's got to change the narrative and she's got it where she's almost trying to gaslight the room. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very similar to what we're seeing in our current administration Mm -hmm. of where if we just say things loud enough and if we just say things over and over again, it starts to become the reality for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I feel like at that point, because it's not like where she's doing the whole so Alyssa couldn't do what she wanted to do and all this kind of thing. She was just saying, this is what happened. This is what I had to do. And you see Alyssa immediately go, if you're going to talk shit about me, come say it to my face. Well, she's not talking shit. She's she's being factual. Mm-hmm. She's be, she's showing, if anything, low emotion at this point. Like she's almost trying to not rock the boat. She's just yeah. trying to answer the question. Um, we see this more also later on in Untucked, where they're where they're both talking about it, and then they come together and they have yet another conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Of where like Detox brings it up, mm-hmm. but at one point Coco says in that conversation with Detox, she's talking about so she couldn't. She couldn't do her duties as Miss Gay America, so I was first runner-up, so they had me come in. To which Detox says, well, what did she expect you to do? Just kind of give it up because you were friends? To which it sounds like Alyssa's saying, yes, that's what I expected you to do. I expected the entire thing to go away. And the fact that they removed... All of Alyssa talks about they removed her face off of the website and they had Coco appear in the gown that Alyssa wore for the photos and all these different things. It sounds like Alyssa's hurt, but she's focusing her energy on Coco, where it needs to be focused maybe on herself and her decisions that she did. But she can't seem to do that. So instead, she's very passive aggressive in saying things like when she's talking and untalked. She's talking about um, – she's, again, changing the narrative where she's saying, you know, I was third runner-up, third runner-up all these different years, and Coco never even placed. And Coco went, no, I, I did place, which is something that can be looked up, that can mm-hmm. be documented. And Alyssa just rolls her eyes and goes, well, anyway, you know, and says all these different things. Another thing that I noticed that Alyssa does is when Alyssa's talking about any of the other queens in the room, she says she – Mm-hmm. When talking about them, unless she's talking about Coco, and then she says he. Interesting. And there's something super cunty, passive aggressive about that. Mm-hmm. That is part of the reason that I do n- I've never been a huge Alyssa Edwards fan.
1: Well, if you watched the Netflix documentary series Dancing Queen, you can see this. Where and it, this is very, very well known, and this is why Alyssa lost her crown. She wasn't showing up to gigs, and when she did, she was super late and but this is one of the people she never takes responsibility for it so it's easier for her to just not address the fact that she lost the title because she couldn't show up to required gigs she was supposed to go she would just not go you know yeah and taylor do you know what it's like to be the person who when a drag queen doesn't show up to a scheduled gig and then you take over because the other drag queen couldn't show up to that gig do you do you that's where coco was at do you know what that's like do I know what that's like? <laughs> when a drag queen has a certain position and she oh. <laughs> yes, I do know what that's like. And I, do, I
0: you know what, you know what? what, that's absolutely right. And when I have talked to said drag queen, drag queen refers to me as the reason she was fired. Yeah. Oh
1: my God, I'm the Coco Montrese of Afterthought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your eyes aren't as blue, though.
0: No, I don't wear my White Walker lenses regularly. Yeah. But, Do you oh my think God, Pokemon that is tr-
1: so funny. I never put that together. Do you think Montree sees her, like, she thinks that she's full and and we think that she has blue eyes like that? I, I don't know.
0: I, I I think she does think that she's giving off an illusion, but she's giving off an illusion that she can raise dragons from the dead. All right, here we go.
2: Can I talk to you like, five minutes? Just me and you. It was pure hell how would you feel if you're standing on stage with a crown on your head singing your song and someone yells out you ain't the real miss america anyway
1: by the way where is she's doing these shows who's knowing who the real miss gay america is and i don't i don't buy this story thank you just smile and wave this maybe happened one time somewhere inside i am torn I almost lost my relationship because of that. Why did she almost lose a relationship? Does she go into detail about this on Untucked?
0: No, no, and that's the thing that I'm glad that you know, you were able to say what the what the issue was because I wrote that down. Like, do does anybody know the story of why she lost her crown? Yeah, that's what it was.
1: That whole thing turned
2: my world upside down. Well, I, I was my, in a little reputation I'd worked ten years for.
1: <laughs> but then Alyssa, you were the one that ruined that. But rep- you didn't show right. up to things.
0: Right. And that's the, and that's part of it is that it's all about the perception. It's not about taking responsibility, right? We have all had situations in our lives in which we have fucked up. Every one of us has made an error in judgment at some point. And the ones that recognize their own error versus blaming tend to do better in life. You know, I have, I have a guy right now that I am working with that is consistently getting in self into situations where it is this big dramatic blow up. And there is this big, like every time he comes in and he does this, where he throws his hands up in the air and he's like, I just don't know what's wrong. And I, I literally have to say to him, well, there was this time mm-hmm. with this person and this time with this person mm-hmm. and this time. And I literally can list like six or seven things. And I go, what is the one common factor in all of this? And he just looks at me like, he's like, I have no idea. I'm like, Oh my God, you are. Mm -hmm. You are the common factor. You are doing something that is creating this. Yeah, You know, Taffy, my co-host on Pod is My Co-Pilot, has said to, uh, since her daughters were little, and it used to make me mad when she said it, but now I understand. When when the girls were throwing tantrums or something, she would say, I'm sorry your life's not going the way you would like it to. It's probably because of something you did. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I thought, well, that's a little harsh to say to a seven-year-old. Until you get thinking about it, then you're like, oh, my God, she's right. Yeah. And it's true. You know, when things aren't going, you know, I mean, granted, there are times that you can't help bad things happening to Mm -hmm. you. But if you are not showing up for your duties and your responsibilities, there are consequences for that. And when those consequences, you can't suddenly stand there and go, well, I I don't know. I'm just just this little victim and they took away my crown. Fuck off.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Be an adult. He didn't win Miss Gay America. I did. Okay. So he wasn't the one embarrassed in front of the whole community I was. Yeah, because you weren't showing up to shit. I'm the yeah. very first to get dethroned. Nobody gets dethroned. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a teacher. I'm a mentor. I'm a leader.
1: Well, then lead by example and show up to events that you're contractually obligated to show to. Coco, I
2: that you went around everywhere and badmouthed me saying I couldn't fulfill my reign. You got on your face with a whole...
1: Wait, you badmouthed me by saying I couldn't complete my reign. That's how, that's the truth.
2: That's a fact. That's a fact. Come on, let me finish. But see, you're doing all that and you're not even being fair to me. I am being fair to you. I'm listening to you. Girl, you were saying I'm on the beach drinking did a margarita. You, I'm the one with the I crown. Don't have the I'm time. the one I, I, don't, I why did you, you write don't. on your Facebook Alyssa shouldn't have won in the first place? Okay,
1: well if that's true. Yeah. It's kinda cunty.
2: You feel like that you was a hit why? below the belt? I laid in bed next to my husband and like, God, he's like, what is wrong with you? And I can't, I couldn't
1: take it. Couldn't take what? I guess
0: people saying that she wasn't really the winner.
1: But do they realize this isn't real Miss America? Like, there's probably four people who care? Well, okay, but, but you've got all these bitchy, cunty queens. This is what they do. If Barney UK writes something mean to me, I'm like, God, I'm quitting afterthought media. (laughs) I mean, okay, let me
0: ask you a question. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the person who took the crown after Vanessa Williams had it removed from her from the Miss America pageant? Yes, I do. I remember her name. I'm curious if you do. Yes, I do. It's Sade. (laughs) Sade did not win Miss America.
2: Who was it? No. Suzette Charles.
0: Why would I ever know that name? (laughs) Because she was a Miss New Jersey and I was from New Jersey, so I remember. And I was a little gay boy in like nineteen, you know, eighty-two or whatever Mm -hmm. it was that that happened. So, but you know, technically Suzette Charles didn't win the crown, but she had to serve after Vanessa Williams was dethroned. And you know, but she she still kind of wandered around and did things. But it was sort of one of those that everybody sort of knew.
1: Well, you didn't. You kind of won by default. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can see what you're saying. Okay, all right, that's a good explanation. (laughs)
2: And the Academy Award goes to you, Alyssa. Yeah,
1: that's the end of that fight there. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts on that fight? I'm sure that was edited down. Oh, my God. It was so edited in a crazy way. So, yeah, yeah.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. It was. So, I mean, the whole thing of where suddenly it goes to. I was lying in bed next to my husband. Yeah. And I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there was a progression to that. But I would hope there was a progression. Because if not, then Coco's just as crazy as Alyssa is.
1: Well, I mean, she is, though. So yeah yeah i mean
0: oh she's not crazy no not at all yeah (laughs) oh at all
1: no but even but but taylor even in this episode she says this
2: i'm getting my life on this bus celebrities waving back oh my gosh it's like a dream come true
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like she is a crazy person as well all right now they're both nuts they're both All nice. right, now it's time for the looks. The theme, the category is think pink. Now, Taylor, you said you already said that you have uh, some looks chosen already, and that that only no fives, right? Just threes across the board. No, I have some fours, a bunch of threes,
0: a couple of twos, and one one.
1: Oh, interesting. What do you tell us about those? Oh, you,
0: are we losing you? you, you yeah, you I, said looks. I, I said looks, and I was like. Ugh. so all right so how about if i just tell you who my fours are
1: yeah and i want to hear about the one as well
0: okay so my fours i have four fours huh i have four fours and one one okay so um of course i couldn't tell you what some of these looks are off the top of my head but i thought vivian had a great look i have five fours. sorry um roxy roxy kind of had the flowy pink Mm -hmm. dress that kind of Flared out the back, that was pretty. Yeah. Linnea, I thought looked really pretty. I loved Jinx' dangerous liaisons type look that had all the yellow accents to it, mm-hmm. and I thought Ivy looked great. Yeah, my one one was Coco Montrese with her weird Shirley Temple black holding oh, the teddy yeah. bear,
1: and it reminded it, me of the look she had on the first episode of All Stars too.
0: Yes, yes, kind yes. of that thirty style. Yeah, it's and, it's not it's not a. It's it's, it's 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 just sort of creepy. Because yeah. also, the 30s weren't a really good
1: time for African
2: Americans. So it's, it's-, it's
1: just a very odd – it's a very odd – whenever Coco does it, it looks very odd. I think because there is a very strong um, fashion sense for African Americans in the 30s, but it's a different kind of fashion sense. Yeah. And, but it's beautiful, like that Cotton Club era sort of jazz inspired look, and I think it's beautiful. But she's doing more like a super. Not only is it not black, it's very Caucasian. It's almost like you're doing yes. Caucasian drag, like just like I think like what Shirley Temple would wear. Yeah, and it looks very, very odd. It would look odd on anybody. It looks odd on anybody, even white people. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think you have to. I think it's hard for a white person to pull off.
0: Yeah, it would. Anybody would have it. Just it just was a real mess. Yeah. So, did you have a favorite look and a least favorite look? I couldn't tell you anything about one of these looks. <laughs> I tried. I, I had to at least try. Figure I would get one of each out of you. No,
1: yeah, I and I, I. You know what's so funny? Is I pulled the looks for you, and then I didn't share it with you. I'm so sorry.
0: That's okay. Well, okay. And I also want to go back to something else, though. Yeah. This was the origin. Also going way back to talking about the shoes of head of lettuce.
1: Who shows you know back I mean, up you mean, in. You mean Tasha Salad? Head of Lettuce is Tasha, an actual dragon. Oh, yeah. Head of Lettuce
0: is that actual dragon. Tasha yeah. Salad. Mm-hmm. And this is also a. Um, oh, God. There was a couple of other ones. Oh, this is also the origin of Sensational, yeah. which comes back in season six. Yes. Okay. And there is also, this I think is the first time that they use the phrase sitting on a secret. Oh, they did win uh they t- it's after the looks some point after the looks i do know that um i think it is during one of the um oh when it's coco and honey when they're doing their actual skit
1: uh, where at okay.
0: one point she talks about you're sitting on a secret yeah so th- those, oh. those are those are some things that eventually show back up in later episodes that I feel like, oh, these are the
1: origins of those things. Oh, look at Taylor the Latte Boy taking notes. Yeah. Uh, all right. On the main stage, RuPaul named the safe girls, which included Lanaysha Sparks. Before letting the girls go backstage, RuPaul let Lanaysha know that had she not had immunity for this week, she would have been in the bottom. Later, Detox was named the winner of the challenge, while Monica and Coco were placed in the bottom two. This pitted the two girls in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song "When I Grow Up" by the Pussycat Dolls. In the end, Coco Montrese was told, "Shantae, you stay," while Monica Beverly Hills asked to sashay away. lot Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? I have a couple of final thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. So,
0: do you think that because each of the teams, do you think they were originally going to go in and judge each team as a group? but then both groups were so up and down that they decided to just do them individually.
1: It's so funny that you say that as I was writing the script today, I was thinking that same thing because yeah. they, that I, I said it in the script and clearly team Alaska was the winner, but it was so all over the place that I think you're right. I think they said we can't judge because they didn't name an actual winning team No, And I think if you're right, I think cause they were so up and down they wanted to put Alaska in danger. Um, and Monica wasn't Team Alaska as well. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's no way they could have let that pass. That she she literally could not read. She could. No. She had on sunglasses too. Yeah. So it's not even yeah. like she could have, would have had to have looked like she was looking down and yeah. reading.
1: It was just not. I remember, good. they let them take multiple takes, and that was the best take. Yeah, yeah. Um, a- another thing that the whole the
0: comment that Rue says to Linacia, saying "You're lucky you had immunity this week," speaks to why they need to bring immunity back.
1: Because oh, think I so,
0: I feel like a statement like that hopefully would light a fire under somebody's ass, and you could see if they do have that that quick descent like they did from one episode to the next, that it would hopefully give them something of where they would they would bring themselves back up because I feel like Lanesha's not around much longer. One, maybe two episodes. Mm-hmm. so i I would want to see i I want to see immunity come back. I think I think it also it sets up good conflict between the girls as well. When you've got somebody that can't be taken down. Yeah. You know, so they have to work that much harder for her to lose immunity the next week. Yeah. Um, I, and and you get that little nugget of drama of Rue saying you're lucky you had it, because if not, you would have been you up here. Similar to what we saw, the one real conflict that we had with, you know, the season of Dracula, that it was the one time somebody had the immunity key. Oh, yeah. Uh So, and that was something that came back. Imagine if they had a whole season or at least, you know, the first three quarters of, Mm -hmm. I know they do this, they've done this on shows like Project Runway and they've done it on Top Chef. And then it becomes where it even ups the stakes even more, where at one point that the host comes out and says, immunity is now off the table. Yeah. You know, so even the people that had been sort of immune, immune the whole time, then they have to work just as hard as everybody else, if not harder to fall faster. Um. Let me see. Uh, the last thing that I had to say was the little edit, again, kind of speaks to my feeling that the narrative is about Alyssa being the villain. When Coco is in the bottom two, they flash to this one shot of Alyssa smiling mm-hmm. in the background. That was just a really it, – it, one, it was if, – if she wasn't smiling in that moment, it was very cunty of the producers mm-hmm. to put that in because it, it really kind of reads her as this delusional villain.
1: Well, it, it looks like a rough edit. It doesn't look like a, a, a smooth cut. There, it looks like right, they just, we're going to again. Willa's smart we, we
0: are watching what the producers want yeah. us to see, yeah, you're right. and they, they are definitely setting that up. Where if they're if they're trying to keep it even as to either be you know because even during the show they kept doing the thing of where it would flash team Coco or team Alyssa, mm-hmm. like they wanted you to tweet that while you were watching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For them to flash that at the end felt very. Unfair.
1: Wait, I didn't see. I have it on iTunes. It, where did it flash? Team Coco, Team Melissa. When they're talking,
0: whenever they are fighting, when when there's the fight that you played mm-hmm. at one point, the little flag comes up in the bottom and it says hashtag Team Melissa. Oh, I didn't notice and during. And then during Untucked, at one point when Coco's talking, it comes up and says hashtag Team Coco. It might come up more. Mm-hmm. I just noticed it those two times. Which brings me to another question. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Why? every episode she talks when rue gives the challenge yeah. she then at the end of it looks at the camera and then says hashtag drag race mm-hmm. like there's never like i don't there's never anything like hashtag like team coco team Alyssa. hashtag there's it's always just hashtag like she's trying to remind you to g- talk about it on twitter but then say be sure to go on twitter and hashtag but she just looks at the camera and goes hashtag drag race it's one of those things that I hate.
1: Yeah, it really bothers me. Wow. Uh, you know what's so funny is I, when I was watching the lip sync, again, speaking of not aging well, I feel like that Pussycat doll song has not aged well. No.
0: That being said, at four in the morning when I was up, I was sitting there <laughs> singing it to myself. Oh, humming really? it to myself, yeah. So it's it's not a it, it's not a very empowering song.
1: All right, Taylor the Latte Boy, uh, have you said everything you have to say about episode three of season five of RuPaul's Drag Race? I I actually pretty I think it's a run of the mill episode. I don't think it's a bad episode. I think it's a decent episode. I was amused. I was entertained. I enjoyed it. But there's really not much to really dig into here. We're going to get more into the Coco and Alyssa thing to exhaustion throughout the season. So,
0: so what would you rate this on a A to F scale? B.
1: Yeah. I'd give it i I'd give it a solid B, maybe
0: yeah,
1: even a, a B plus. No, it's not B plus for me, but it's definitely a B. Okay. It's definitely a B. It has a little of everything, but it doesn't excel. All right? Okay. All right. Well, oh, a whole conclusion here. What's wrong <laughs> with me? Alright, well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 5. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, stash away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. Our Instagram account is managed by Steven Starling. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap. If you want access to more drag race content and other afterthought media shows, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthought media. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P.I.M.C. Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batantz. That's J-O-E-P-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. Nicholas Springham, Katie Whitmire, April Pacheco, Dean UK, Melissa Payton, Nikki Baker, Devin McKay, the State of Bree, Robert NYC, Rachel J., A.J. Norris, Richard C., Common Cool, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Luke Stamen, Sirmet Smith, Travis Potter, Jesse Harris, John J., Jimmy Kilbasa, Pedro S.F., Ginger Biscuit, Jesse Lozano, Parker Elliott, Lauren Eckert, Jordan Darling, Haley Sklans and her mom, Sandy Romero's Ruiz, and Eve A. Adams. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an afterthought media podcast.